Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello, Australia. Welcome to My Millennium Money. I'm Glenn James. Thanks for listening today. I've kicked John to the curb, but I've got a better replacement, and there's two replacements today. I'm joined by Sophie and Amy Torber, and they're joined by their co-triplet Kate and they host a podcast called Outspoken the Podcast. Hi Sophie and Amy, how are you today? We're very good. Thank you so much for having us on the show. No problem. Now I wanted to kind of talk about interns but before we do that we both run a podcast and I want you to just tell us a little bit about your podcast because if I'm talking uh, to gals in PR I may as well just give you the platform because you're going to try and slip it in there anyway. So go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's right. Well, our podcast, it's all about, I suppose, talking about reality television, influencers, issues facing women. We do talk a little bit about PR sometimes, but it's just a big excuse for us to tune into reality TV shows and just gossip about it with each other. But we kind of like to say what everyone's thinking. So we get quite honest with our opinions and we quite often don't agree with one another as well. And, you know, we have come into, have had a few arguments with one another on the podcast. So yeah, we keep it kind of interesting for the listeners. Yeah. And I must confess, I do listen to the podcast on occasion just to, it's kind of like my gateway into what's actually happening in the world. And (laughs) it's just good to hear another person's perspective, uh, albeit three of those perspectives. Now, Sophie and Amy, you guys ready to have a chat about this intern business? Oh, for sure. We're excited to talk about this because as Sophie and I were saying off mic, that being an intern at a news station, it's it, there's a lot of funny stories that come with it. <laughs> I know. And that's exactly why I got you. So, I thought I would start with both of your own experiences interning because being in media, it is an industry where there is a lot of movement. There's a lot of roles. There's a lot of stakeholders. Uh, there can be a lot of glitz and glamour on the screens and all that stuff. And what better way to learn about it than intern? So I thought I would start with uh, just hearing some experiences, good or bad, that you've had over the years being seeing interns or being interns yourself. Yeah, well, we've been lucky enough to intern at sort of all the big television stations as well as some of the newspapers. And it is, I suppose it's quite a daunting experience coming straight from uni and then seeing, as you said, you know, the glitz and the glamour side of things. But um, I'm trying to think, we've had a few funny stories. I know Sophie had a rather embarrassing incident when she was doing some work experience at a big TV station. I'll let you I I don't know which one you're talking about. Well, you were sent in as a bit of a plant. Oh, there was was some... I don't know how to word it. There was some inappropriate behavior happening at a local toilet block, which, you know, could be quite dangerous for a young girl to walk into, but they decided that it was best to use me to go and check out what was happening while the journalist and cameraman sat in the car. So I was to report back whether any of this behavior was happening at the park. But yeah, just for your first day out in a job like that, it was a little bit uncomfortable. And I think you've been at 
court cases before as an intern where you had to run out and point out who the pedophile was. So there's a lot of, I mean, probably not the best thing for a young girl to be doing, but there's definitely some interesting things you get to go and see when you're an intern. And I think it is such an underestimated thing to be an intern. It's one of the most important things I think you can do at uni to build up those connections with people in the industry. Yeah. And I like, so I guess the industry that I've kind of uh, been a part of hasn't really been uh, intern, quote unquote, focused, but it has been more about get connected, get to know people. Because I think whatever industry you're in, in Australia, it is such a small island and, you know, you hang around long enough, you'll end up knowing everyone. And I just think the best way to do that is to get in the door and to get some practical experience. That's right. And I feel like there's so many um, people at uni at the moment that think that it's just their grades that matter and they can just cruise by on getting good grades. But if you're not using that time to build connections in the industry, it's such a waste of time and you're going to get out there and you're not going to know anyone and you're going to really struggle to get a job. Yeah. Now with your own business, like the three of you run Hulu Media, have you entertained getting interns for your own business or have you done that in the past? Well, yeah, at our business, we don't currently have interns. It's not something that really works for our structure at the moment because it is just the two of us. And we really feel like if you're going to have interns, you really need to have a lot of time in order to actually be able to teach them you know, what's beneficial for them because I have worked at other previous PR firms where they very much ran their business based on interns. So we would have a different intern every day. And as a senior member of staff there, I actually just found it detrimental to my workload because I would want to invest time in them. So it was actually worth their while. So for us, we really want to wait until we have a num- more staff working, f- some staff working for us. So we have that time to invest in them. Yeah. Cause it does seem a bit like slave labor sometimes. And we definitely want when we bring interns on, we want them to learn something, but we also want them to, you know, benefit us. And at, at this stage, it's just not beneficial for interns or us to have them on just because of the time it takes. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because a lot of our listeners are actually uh, at, you know, university at the moment and maybe starting university next year or even want a career change and interning or type of work experience, it could actually be uh, the best way to go about getting that experience. But I don't know about you ladies, but I've looked at, I've had an experience recently where we had a young person reach out who wanted to intern uh, for My Millennial Money and all the stuff we're doing. Uh, And because I'm not really like I just want to always err on the side of caution and I would encourage anyone either wanting to be an intern or wanting to look at bringing in an intern to have a look at the fairwork.gov.au website because it's actually, it turned me off wanting to do it at all. And basically in a nutshell, it says that intern can't actually be doing meaningful work. They can't actually be told when they are to be at work they can't go on a roster. It's basically just rock up when they can and observe. And would you agree that there's probably so many businesses in Australia using interns and blatantly breaking the law, whether they know it or not? Oh, definitely. I think that, you know, in particular, this previous workplace that I was talking about really did use interns to run their whole businesses. And as you say, they were doing meaningful work. These girls will be used at events after hours. And there's so many legalities, as you say, that comes into it. For example, some of the interns were being used to 
drive their cars and drop off invites to certain influencers. And if those girls were involved in a car crash, slipped over, that business has a lot to answer for. So that is something as well that we kind of was worrying us about interns as well because we do receive you know emails every week of young girls and boys wanting to intern with us and we really had to be careful and just say okay at the moment we don't have the sort of infrastructure in place to have those people working with us. That's really crazy because um, in regards to the fair work laws, because then what's the purpose of having an intern in if they're just observing? It doesn't actually offer any... In saying that, I can kind of see it because you shouldn't be using someone to do unpaid work that is adding heaps of benefit to your business. For example, you know, at the previous workplace, we had interns writing out full social media strategies for clients. And if I was that client, I wouldn't be too happy that someone with no experience was coming in and doing that. So I think there's, yeah, I can see kind of both sides to the argument there. Yeah. And I think it's probably as an example, like, so what we ended up doing for My Millennial Money, like Jack is kind of part of the team, but we said, no, we actually can't do a formal internship at all, but we're happy if you want to volunteer just to get your foot in the door. And part of being the volunteer, he's in the Slack channels, he's welcome to join the meetings, he might be able to do some small superficial tasks because he actually does want experience. But I'm very, very cautious that we're not loading him up with jobs uh, because that's actually, it's just, I don't know, for me personally, it's just fraught with danger. But I guess it probably does lead on to if you are at university and you actually are doing a course and there is some work placement, that's probably different. And maybe it is interning is this old word that actually doesn't really exist. They're more like work placements. But I think, as you said before, like if you were engaging a company to do a service or something like that, you certainly wouldn't want an intern doing the work for you and then, you know, sending it out. So I guess my main kind of theme and what I want to get across just in terms of the mechanics for anyone listening, just make sure you don't get taken advantage of. Just make sure that uh, the business that you're interning with uh, really are looking after you, the person, because I don't think, and I'd appreciate your opinion, uh, Amy and Sophie, like I don't think it's worth your career going home sad, going home feeling taken advantage of that feeling, I don't think it's actually worth it in this day and age to put up with crap. Oh, exactly. And I think there are so many businesses who are just using interns kind of, for want of a better word, as slave labor. Mm. And you don't want to be taken advantage of, as you said, you want to be getting something out of the internship. So you shouldn't just be going and doing an internship if you're not getting anything out of it. I think also you've got to be mindful of how long you've been doing this internship for, because a lot of the time, some employers who have the wrong idea, they will just see you as a freebie and they won't actually think about giving you a proper job because they're getting something so good at the moment for nothing. Yeah. And I guess like... I actually put on somebody when I had my financial planning business as an he, – he was actually on a uni placement. Uh, but And this is probably leads into the next question. I want to ask you uh, about what advice you have for people starting the journey. When Jason reached out to me, he was actually at university and he said, hey, I'm studying financial advising. Can I come and work one day a week for you? No cost like just of his own bat. And then he's like, now it's up to the uni uh, part in the course where I have to do a six-week placement. 
can I continue and can you formalize that agreement? And I actually, at the end of it, ended up hiring him as a full-time employee. So I guess what ex, uh, what advice would you have for younger people or those who want to have a career change and want to step in the door to this volunteering slash interning slash work placement type scenario? Yeah, well, in that instance of, of someone, you know, who came in to work for you for free, it obviously worked out really well. And I think there is a big debate going on at the moment about whether you should work for free. And I, I do think that you should offer your time for free in some instances to get your foot in the door, because I mean, really, if it's going to benefit you in the future, then it's worthwhile. But I think what Sophie was referring to is if you're in a position and you're working for free for over a year or something crazy like that, and you're adding so much value to a business and they're not signing you on, I think that's when you've, I suppose the alarm bells should be ringing. Yeah. And it is that catch 22, isn't it? It's like you want someone like when I employed Jason, he had the initiative to actually approach me and be like, hey, I actually want to work for you one day a week. And I would really encourage that type of discussion because it actually cuts through any bloody emailed resume that I get. Mm. So, do you think this interning thing, if someone does a formal interning thing, there's no real guarantees that they're going to land a job at the end of it, is there? So, you can kind of pick up whether it is going to go further with your intuition, whether it is your boss giving you feedback or whether you're really receiving no feed back at all. Yeah, because I'm really not experienced in this interning world. And I guess when I asked you girls to come on, you pretty much said the same thing. Like we can only really talk from our experience, but as an intern, would you expect that? Like how long would you think would be a, a good time window to intern? Cause it can't be for three years or three days. It's got to be some type of time period, right? Well, it's really interesting because with the news internships, a lot of them only last a week or ones, for instance, at the ABC, that will be a two-week program. So, it's really dependent on the organisation. I mean, for news, for example, we've had so many friends who have actually done an internship in news and then have gone on to land themselves a job as a reporter or a job as a researcher. So, it is, of course, worthwhile, but I think it's really up to the business for how long that internship should last. For the previous business I worked at, I think the internships were around 10 weeks, but it was one day a week. So, I think it is up to the business, but I think if you're doing something for just one day a week for six months, I think maybe when you're reaching that sort of point, maybe you've either got to, you know, look at other options and other places to work. Yeah. And I would probably encourage people, don't go into the interning role trying to get a job. I would encourage you to go into the interning role purely just to be in the environment and see if this is something you want to pursue as a career. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, that's really good advice. Because it's like, it just takes all the pressure off. It just, it really is just like, I will be a fly on the wall, which is what the government say you need to be anyway, basically. (laughs) Um, And just, you know, be a good person. And as as a story about just how to operate as a normal human, I went to a conference once. And it was a three-day conference. It was in Manly in Sydney. And, it, you know, the Monday morning when it started, I got there at 8.30 a.m. And it was kind of like rock up at 8.30 for a nine start. And there was a business development manager from an insurance company. And I kid you not, he came up to me. I, was, I, I remember this because it's just such a banging uh, example of what not to do. <laughs> he came up to me. I'm like dipping my peppermint tea. You know, I'd stayed in the hotel the night before. so And I'm not a morning person, so I'm barely functioning before midday at the best of times. <laughs> anyway, ro- rocks up to me. 
oh, hey, and like, yeah, what's your name, Glenn? And he goes, oh, I work for this insurance company. Any chance I can book in and have a meeting with you? And it was just like, uh, what, uh, are you serious? And I said to him, <laughs> I'm like, hey, I've never met you before, but can I just give you some unsolicited advice? Um, just spend the next three days just being human. Forget who you work <laughs> for and what you do because that will get mm. you further in this life. Just don't shove crap down people's throats. And yeah. it kind of speaks to that interning thing where it's like just be there, just be helpful and don't be a pest. Exactly. And try and sort of find rapport with someone. For example, when we were doing, it wasn't interning, but we were doing some sort of basic jobs at Channel 10 when we were still at uni. And I found out one of the reporters loved tennis and I love tennis. So suddenly I got asked to play on the Channel 10 tennis team. And that's what actually led me to get my job at Today Tonight because he put in a good word for me. So it's, yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. It's about being a normal person. Yeah. People are going to know if you're trying to manipulate them or trying to sell to them too quickly. Quickly. Absolutely. I think you can also tell when people have the wrong motives, like especially in TV, because we'd have some interns that would rock up and they'd be like, when am I filming my piece to camera? Or they'd speak really down to the cameramen or, you know, you can just tell a lot about people by the way that they speak to people they perceive as being lower than them. Yeah. And some good advice for anyone wanting to get into news, your best friend needs to be the cameraman because they're the ones who are going to make you look good or bad on camera. And they also have a good rapport with the news director. So they're always gossiping about who's good on the road and who's bad. So if you're a pain in the ass work experience or intern person, it's not going to be good for you. Yeah. And, and that's it, isn't it? It's just like the people that you think can install you are going to be different than who you think. It, it's not trying to be chummy with the director of the company. Uh, just get to know the team well uh, and just connect at a human level because word will get back to the manager who makes the hire eventually. That's so true. I mean, I was best friends with the security guards at work. We'd have the biggest chat in the morning and they really liked that because they could see through all of the fakes in the industry. And even at the end of the day, you just want to be a nice person as well. Even if you're not going to get the job, you've got to be nice to everyone. And that also counts for when you've actually got the job and then you have interns coming in, it always pays to be really nice to the interns. Because when I was at seven, because I'd had kind of a few negative experiences in newsrooms where some of the journalists weren't very friendly, I would be ultra friendly to the interns and that because the reality is these interns are going to go off and they're going to go work in the media industry and they're going to help you out later so for example with our PR business we now have contacts everywhere because we were lovely to the interns so when we want to run a story the interns who are now working at nine news and ten news they'll put our stories on the news for us so because right, I remember some internships sitting there in front of a computer next to a journalist they wouldn't even give you the login they'd go out to stories, not even take you out with you. And that really stuck with me. And I thought, I'm not going to do that to anyone who's coming into the industry. I'm going to be as friendly and welcoming as possible because there are some journalists that will see the interns as competition, Mm. particularly in journalism. It's such a competitive industry where the next person coming in, that's your biggest competitor. So Mm. I just think it's worth being nice to everyone because, you know, particularly these days, people go into so many different jobs. You're going to come across these people later down the track and it's better to have been nice to them. Totally. And there's a book that I want most of you who are not generally self-aware, and that's okay because we all can't be all things. There's a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People and it's a billion years old but it's just, it will just help retrain you how to think and how to 
interact with people because whether you like it or not, it's a people business. I'll, I'll be you know pretty candid to say that, for example, a lot of the stuff that I do with the podcast uh, in terms of our commercial sponsors, I haven't like I didn't call Sun Super from the yellow pages online and go, <laughs> oh, do you want to sponsor the podcast? I knew someone who worked there who was connected into the business and I got an introduction because hmm. like it's just everything is based on people. So I've got a random question and it's got nothing to do with interns and you don't have to answer it if it will incriminate you. <laughs> I've got a theory about today, tonight and a current affair. Ooh, oh, yeah. Okay. This is, I'm interested yeah. in this. The hosts, you either go there to start your career or end it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so true. Don't answer that. I think, well, you kind of sell your soul when you work for these Today Tonight Current Affair yeah. type. Both Amy and I worked there throughout our careers and it's such a funny place to work. Yeah, it is literally like Frontline, mm. the ABC comedy. Mm. I have to tell you a funny story. So on my first day at Today Tonight, so I, I'd previously been working at Channel 10 and one of the reporters said to me, hey, I think you should write a letter to yourself saying, you know, I'm not going to go against my morals. I'm just going to do everything I feel comfortable doing. If there's something I don't feel comfortable doing it today, tonight, don't do it. Anyway, so I followed her advice. I get to today, tonight, and the first thing they asked me to do is to walk around the mall with a camera in my bag, secretly filming people. And I was like, oh God, <laughs> I did it. But it was just, it was crazy. It's like well, everything you, a, you think it would be. It was an undercover sting on Studio, Studio 2000. 2000. Yeah, oh. undercover sting on Studio 2000 where you had to go with a reporter and have fake photos taken and then mm. basically confront them about how much they were ripping you off. So it's exactly what you think it would be. Like, it's absolutely crazy. They used to have these sneaky glasses, which I didn't, thankfully, when I started working there, they'd got rid of them by then. But yeah, you had to wear these sneaky glasses where they had cameras in them. Yeah. So I did all the undercover stuff Jeez. because I was a I was a producer, so no one really knew my face. And it's it's hilarious because, you know, after one sort of undercover operation, I got confronted when I was out at dinner. Someone had, you know, there'd been a story on a tanning facility and they recognised me and had a go at me. So it's, it's, it's pretty crazy what does go on there. Uh, we, it was probably the most fun when we were both working at seven together and I was working at stage night, Amy was working on news, but we got sent on a story involving Billy Brownless. So he was in Adelaide after all things went down with the affair. And no, I think you need to put context. So that was Gary Lyon had, was seeing Billy Brownless's wife. Anyway, so this was his first kind of public appearance yeah. at the Glenelg Football Club thing. So we separated and Amy went into the function. I stayed downstairs keeping an eye out to confront Billy when he came out. Anyway, so Amy did the journalist thing, came up to Billy, got photos with him, filmed him on her phone. They saw the press waiting downstairs through the window. The, oh, what cretins are down there? Anyway, Billy comes out, the same looking girls confronting him then with questions outside with the camera crew. So that was... That was a pretty memorable one. Mm. Yeah, wow. It's um it's it's the wild west. <laughs> it is. It is. But yeah, I do like your theory. I do think you either build your career at one of those at one of those a current affairs mm. shows or it is kind of the end yeah. of your career. So <laughs> I, I think it's it's really hard for young people that uh, to get a role in a new industry uh, because you know, the dream is to hire somebody who has experience, right? And mm. if you've just left university, you might not have any practical experience. So, it is this kind of dance between not selling your soul too much and also trying to get some experience. And do you have any kind of 
hacks that you've seen uh, for people to approach organizations to try and get in the door to get some type of experience? Well, one hack I would say is, especially for those people who are listening who might be journalism students, is really working on your craft and coming up with some really good stories. So if you can get into in the door doing an internship, if you come to the news director and you've got an amazing story with people who are willing to speak, they are going to want to bring you back in for more stories like that. But I suppose another, if for example, if you're looking for a job in PR or marketing, I suppose showing examples of your work. So maybe you want to do videography for a PR firm, maybe send your work in, show how good it is. And I do think that you should actually offer to work for free. We obviously have touched on that, but if you're willing to give up your time to a business, they're going to respect you. But that's, and as you say, Amy, these days it's so easy to go out and do stuff for yourself. Like when you say show your work, go out in the street and film your own video. You don't have to do it for someone else. Or, you know, it's great to see that people have other interests. I mean, start a podcast, totally. you know, start your own online website everyone's got a computer everyone's got you know hopefully a phone that they could record their voice on so there's so many different mediums that you can make up your own work to show people and I think that says a lot about how persistent and how interested you are and it's great to see someone who actually loves what they do and wants to go and do it in their own free time and has the initiative to start it themselves totally and on that initiative I would encourage anyone to stand out so what do I mean by that so Example, you want to get into the IT industry, for example, and there's a an IT company in your local area. There might be 30 or 40 staff that work there um, and you want, to, you want to go in and you might only have a couple of weeks to go in there uh, or if it's a day a week for 10 weeks, how can you leave with an impression that's left? Now, as an example, when I started in the financial planning industry, I, was starting, I started at the very bottom, like I was on the reception desk kind of just doing all the day-to-day reception, like lowest, lowest, lowest. Uh, but what I did, I looked at my role and I improved it. And when I left that role, they said it was every hire after me was a disappointment because they weren't doing the things that I was doing. And one simple example, I looked at the meeting room diary each day. And if there was a 10 a.m. meeting, you know, quarter to 10, I'd go in, turn the lights on in the meeting room and put water oh, wow. in there. And so it was a welcoming environment. So I didn't have to fumble water in and ask if anyone wanted a water. It was already done. So it was just a bit of forward thinking. So when I left that role, the next receptionist or the next client services person, they didn't do that. So instantly that company saw that I'd left a hole. Mm, that's a great one. So what can you do in that short time, and it doesn't need to be a big thing, that big thing, I didn't have to have any skills in the financial planning industry. It was all about the soft human touch. What can you do to make a real impact while you're there without being a pain in the ass? (laughs) That's so true. And also just learning every skill you can, because I know when I was at Today Tonight, my role was researcher and producer, but I learned how to cut up clips and I learned how to do all the social media stuff. And I suppose because we're talking to people who are at uni, so they're generally younger, if you can use your skills on the computer to your advantage, do it because you're going to be going into workplaces, unfortunately, where there are a lot of dinosaurs. And if you can, the fact that you can post something on Facebook, a lot of people don't even know how to do that. So if you can use your tech skills to your advantage, do it. Well, this might be just a little 
little one as well. It's all about that personal element. I know some staff would have a thank you present, like thank people for their time and giving up their time for them to be there. So even if it is something small, like bringing in a box of chocolates, a, a pot plants and flowers and writing a card about what you learnt there and specifically saying who helped you out there and what you took from that, I think that's always leaves a lasting impression as well. You've got to do that stuff because in three years' time, four years' time, 10 years' time, if you're still in that industry and you're planted in that industry, one day you'll see them at a conference, you'll see them at a, you'll get to know them and there will be that connection. They will remember you. And life, I'm sorry to say it, it's a game. You've got to play it. But it's not to play it to game it. It's actually to play it because it's actually the right thing to do to appreciate people and to think of um, other people. Like it's really, I don't know, it's just take all the pressure off just get in there, be a good help, and don't be a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> because people don't want to deal with pain in the asses. It's simple as that. So it's time cons- it's time consuming, isn't it? Well, we had a, we had a major pain in the ass intern that came in when I was working at a news station, and they were next level. Like this person will struggle to get a job in Adelaide in the industry because he was so widely talked about. So he he, basically- got, he got blacklisted from all of the news stations. They actually had a photo <laughs> up of him Jeez. at all of the news stations that don't let this guy in. Wow. Yeah. Ironically, he is working in country news at the moment, but <laughs> I was going to say, ironically, he's in Silverwater Jail in Sydney at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was he was next level because the terrible thing was he was actually so passionate about journalism. He started his own YouTube channel where he'd read the news and he bought his own auto cue machine and he was actually really good at, at at journalism, but he took it that step too far. It became all about him and he Stalker actually I, I took yeah. him under my wing and and took him out in a story and then he said to me, "Oh, can I take a photo at the news desk?" and I was like, oh, "Okay, I'll take a photo for you." The next day, he had it up on his Facebook and Twitter saying he was a reporter at this news station and everyone was saying, oh my God, how did this kid get this photo? And I was like, oh, I have no idea. But he changed, that happened. he changed his Facebook, the job over to, you know, full-time Channel 7 as well. So he, and he took it a little bit far with the staff. He he knew a little bit too much yeah, about a everyone, much. a little bit of a stalker element happening there. But as Amy said, he did have the right intentions initially. He should have just held back a little bit. Yeah, just hold yeah. back just that little bit. <laughs> And I think for the business owners that are listening, before you even think, oh, I want to get an intern or an apprentice if you're a trade or anything like that, I think you've got to work out, one, do you have capacity? As Amy and Sophie have said earlier that, you know, their business doesn't have capacity. My business doesn't really have capacity for an intern, quote unquote. We've got a volunteer who's helping with the team. Uh, But I would just so encourage everybody to read the fairwork.gov thing and you'll be very surprised. And I'll give you a practical example. What an, I read Fair Work and this is how I interpret it. So if we had an intern in the podcast studio, uh, they might come in, watch Nathan edit a podcast or sit there and watch how we do the, the show and the filming and all that. But it might be, a all right, do you want to have a turn at trying this? But it's not like, all right, there you go, edit this and come back. And it's just like, oh, I've just paid $300 in outsourcing costs for editing. It's legitimately just to put your toe in the water. And the one other thing as well, if you, for example, if there's a big company that has an interning program like the media stuff, you know, there's probably 50 interns a year that go through that building. 
So you've just got to know that you're actually a nobody. And once you're gone, there's another one next week anyway. So I don't know, is that a bad thing to say? <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's really accurate. And that's why you have to try and I suppose, I suppose that's why people go a little bit too far. They try to stand out from the crowd. But as you said, it's about being a really good person and being helpful where you can. And then also impressing the right people. So, you know, with the, with a news intern going in there, being confident to the boss and saying, hey, I've got this really great story. Have you thought about doing that? I think it's also about presenting yourself in the right way. I mean, that might be one more for news than other businesses, but, you know, make sure you are dressed up. Make sure you look the part Mm. because when you look the part, you kind of feel the part as well and you don't want to stand out like a sore thumb. And even if you're bored, I mean, I feel so sorry for some of the interns in the newsroom because they're there for a long time and some of them are just like yawning at their desk. I would say just pretend, even if you're so bored, just pretend you're interested in what's going on. Yeah, it's a it's a wild time. So <laughs> I, I've kind of summarized some tips. So be on time. That's just a given. And this is so funny. Like I've had uh, recent staff reviews over the years and, you know, the staff review is, hey, what we've hired you for is awesome, but these other ancillary things are letting you down. So that's great that you're good and you're a great electrician or you're really encouraged and you're really passionate about electrical work. But if you're late, well, what's it matter? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what is funny though? Because yeah. we've had, well, um, the business I worked at previous, they had interns that would arrive about an hour early. And I feel like saying that's equally annoying as a boss because <laughs> you don't want to be shown up that you're not there. And also you don't want to have to then get there extra early to keep the intern happy. So I agree with being on time though, but don't be too early. Yeah, it's just a balance. Don't be a pest. I think that's yeah. what I'm learning. It's like, just be chill. Just be yeah. chill. Um, if you are feeling like you're getting abused, taken care of, being treated like dirt, you don't want to work in that place anyway. Uh, it's just, it really isn't worth it. Ask questions. I think it's it's good to have some healthy uh, questions asked uh, when you're on site and even take notes like, what if you you had a notebook and it's probably better, this is crazy, right? It's probably better to actually have a notebook and write stuff down than on your phone because if you're on mm. your phone, it might look like you're disengaged and on Insta. When you That's such a good point. That's such a good point. Yeah, definitely. I feel like people always shy away from writing things down now, but I feel it's so it's so much better to actually have that physical copy with you. Mm. Absolutely. So, and just, you know, press in. It really is. You know, it's it's a bespoke experience and there might be some frameworks required when you're on a uni placement or something like that. Uh, but, yeah, I just think it's it's a great way to get your foot in the door and all I can echo is just go in with no expectations only to learn if this is something you want to continue doing. Definitely. I 100% agree. Because you might discover that you actually hate it. You hate everyone there. You hate (laughs) the job. It's not for you. You know, that could be the best thing you take out of it. Totally. All right. We'll be right back. And then I'm going to ask Sophie and Amy some money questions. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. All right, Sophie and Amy, uh, we are a money podcast. So 
I just thought I'd throw you right on the spot and ask you if you've got any kind of big money regrets, big money learnings, big money experiences that you can uh, you can share so we can have a laugh at your expense. No, just sure. joking. We were, we were just talking about this the other day. So Soph and I and our other sister, Kate, we all moved out together probably six years ago now. And the biggest money regret I have is not getting a joint a debit card with each other because we used to go out, for example, and we bought furniture from Ikea. I bought the couch, Kate would buy, you know, bedside tables, whatever. And we'd all pay for it separately. And we always said, oh, we'll pay each other back eventually. Well, we've never paid each other back. We have no idea what each other owes. And we should have just got that debit card to keep track of it all. Yeah. So that's interesting. So particularly if you're with a sibling, it's a bit more of a close relationship. Set up a separate bank account and each put X amount in there before you pull the trigger doing anything. Exactly. I mean, I think the same if you're moving in with a partner, it makes it a little bit less awkward if you've got that one bank account so you can do the shopping and all your bills come out of that as well. Yeah, totally. Any other bangers over there? Mine would probably be when I first moved out of home and Amy and I were too lazy to set up a proper internet company. So we ended up just doing those prepaid cards, which added up to so much money because I would always go over the card. So I would literally hate to think how much money I wasted on internet. Luckily, our big sister Kate came back the next year and set it up for us. I I don't know. We were just too young and immature and naive at the time to get it sorted out, even though it's pretty simple. So being triplets, just... Picked you up on the word. Is is Kate kind of the responsible big sister of the three? Uh, well, she's t- technically the older sister by a few minutes, but yes. she really takes those two minutes on board. No, well, so we used to say that Kate was the mum. For some reason, I was the dad because I always got stereotypically stuck outside cleaning up for when people came over the backyard and right. came to clean inside. And Sophie was the baby. So that's how the dynamic worked in our household when we were living together. Oh, very fun. Very fun. And what's, uh, what's the plans for the podcast and your business? Well, we really want to keep growing the podcast. We've had some really great downloads in recent times. We've been causing a bit of controversy, actually. Ooh, I think we've out. just been a bit too honest. Some influencers have taken offense to some of our uh, our podcasts in recent times, but it's um it's been it's been really great. We've got a really uh, fantastic supportive community on Facebook if anyone wants to go on. It's just outspoken the community. And um, with the business, we're just looking to expand in the next couple of years where we've changed our name. We were the PR Bible. We've changed it to Hula Media and yeah, we're just loving it. We're loving being our own bosses. Yeah, we're doing a lot more digital content now as well with Hula Media, a lot more videography work. We are still doing PR work, but we just love getting out there and doing videos. I suppose it's kind of the journalist in us that loves telling those stories for different businesses. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, there you have it, everyone. You can find Outspoken, the podcast, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And I think it's just great to connect with other podcasts in Australia. And both of you like are in media per se. You know, I would probably just challenge anyone who wants to get into media. The whole media landscape is now fractured. And you've got independent media companies popping up with big followings and old media is dying. So if you can't get that job at Channel 7, it's okay. Is there an independent podcast studio you can apply for? Is there an independent content creation company you can apply for? Because, you know, the last I learned, the only ones watching free to air is, you know, checking in on the batchy or my parents watching (laughs) current affair. Like it's dead. (laughs) 
Oh, that is so true. I don't, I don't, I don't watch any free to air now that I'm not working at the news. I don't even watch it because it's so, so depressing. I'd rather listen to podcasts, which are a bit more uplifting and positive. Mm, yeah. And as yeah. you say, it is, a, it is a dying art at the moment. Journalism, sadly, as you know, we, at the moment in, in Adelaide, we're losing our local news at Channel 10 going, it's going into state. So yeah, there's even less jobs at the moment, unfortunately, for young yeah, people Yeah, so start at uni. a podcast, everyone. Yeah. All the journalism students, just start a podcast, oh, do your own thing. Totally. Big, big money to be made from it. Yeah. Do you know what I found weird as well? And if you want to turn off the podcast now, everyone do it because we're just not talking about interns on money. We're just having a chat. <laughs> um, <laughs> even ABC are just so clickbaity now. Like there'll yeah. be an article, like forget journalism with ABC now. And sorry that I've just insulted every journalist, but whatever. Um, it's like <laughs> the, the headline is like, Linda only wanted one thing from her insurance company. <laughs> Where the story is like she put a claim in and it got denied because she lied. Like it's just don't make me oh, flick I'm so it. sick of reading those, those yeah. clickbait. Yeah, it's crazy that the ABC are doing it. It shows you, uh, I don't know, it just shows you what's wrong with journalism at the moment. It shows you money talks, I suppose. Well, yeah. I, I used to work at a radio station writing all their clickbait headlines and it is crazy because you can obviously monitor every time someone clicks on the article and the ones that would go off would be the pimple popper articles, just oh, for anyone wow. out there that's, wow. that's wondering. Crazy wow. numbers. Well, when Even when I went into PR though, I, I was shocked at how much money people pay independent online sites to get articles as well like that kind of credible journalist in me was like this is disgusting so this was about six <laughs> years ago now i'm like oh, okay that's pretty common practice yeah. but um yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite shocking yeah well it's been great to chat with both of you and i'm enjoying your podcast keep on keeping on follow them on instagram oh, thank, you. thank you so much thank you so thank much you for your so time much. see you guys soon bye We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.